0: the interplanetary file system or ipfs is a protocol and peer-to-peer network for storing and sharing data in a distributed file system in this video i want to go through the ipfs and discuss following and uh, i found out about this protocol from a video that i made a news video because i made news videos uh, software news videos on this channel and that that brave the browser started supporting ipfs so i said what is ipfs that's the video we're going to go through an overview we're going to th- we're going we're gonna to discuss different concept of ipfs why does it exist because that's the only and only and only question that matters in this channel why does a technology exist there is a reason there's a problem and we're trying to solve it and ipfs tries to solve it and you might say uh, hussein why did they pick ip as the name isn't that confusing is wouldn't that be confusing with the internet protocol that everybody no one love and i have to agree with you it is confusing as if i don't know why don't they why didn't they just call it dfs decentralized file system or distributed file system Ew, that's let's complicate things interplanetary i never heard this word before what does interplanetary really mean i don't know well regardless it's a beautiful protocol and this is what we're going to discuss why IPFS? That's the first question that we have to answer. Why does it exist? I'm going to talk about the content itself. How is the content uh, re- is it represented in IPFS? How is it routed between all these beautiful peers? How do you publish content? How do you consume content? We're going to show you a demo because all about the demos in this channel. I'm going to show you how it works. I'm going to install IPFS. I'm going to consume it both from the command line and from Brave because Brave is... Uh, Support IPFS now. I'm gonna discuss a little bit more extra information that I thought it's useful. Let's just jump into it. So, why IPFS, guys? For the longest time, this is claimed to be the replacement of the uh, the web uh, protocol, the HTTP, as we know and love. And HTTP addresses are references locations. If you notice, right, you do HTTP or HTTPS slash slash, and you give it a domain name, and that domain points to an IP address to a machine virtual machine the container doesn't matter but that eventually points to a location that hosts the content interplanetary file system flips this equation no you don't address a location where things are no you just tell me what you want i'm gonna locate it across the network so you reference the content instead of the container. What the hell does that mean <laughs> the, the actual uh, location you don't care where it lives so i add a sorta because <laughs> there is there is something called ipns which kind of flips us back to the original thing uh, location based so we'll talk we'll talk about all that stuff so but this is how, how this is how you learn, reference stuff in ipfs ipfs content id it's a hash right of the content when we talk about hashes and all that stuff It's decentralized uh, decentralized content among peers, so you can't just take it down, right? There's no one location that contains this content. It's everywhere. It's everywhere that peer downloaded it. Each piece of content that you want to publish is hashed with some metadata, creating a unique identifier that we call CID or content ID. A content could be an HTML file, an image, a video, pretty much anything you want. The most important thing to know is content is immutable. That means you cannot just update it, right? It's immutable. You cannot change it. That means if you do want to update a piece of content, your HTML file, your CSS, your JavaScript, you're going to generate a brand new content ID. But that wouldn't that generate a problem to us? Because... You Hussein, you said we reference uh, content by their ID, but that means we're gonna start referencing older version, right? Stale versions. We're gonna discuss that and how to we'll solve it later with the IPNS thingy. Routing, the most important thing in this protocol. How do we route? How do I know where to connect to find my content? Because that's what eventually you're gonna end up, right? Yeah, you can, you can, you can. You can brag all you want that, oh, we content address first. So we're content address instead of location address. But eventually, you again got to admit, right? Where are we connecting to which IP addresses, to which ports, so I can get my content, right? Because eventually, they are in somewhere. They are living somewhere. Meet the distributed hash tables, or we're going to refer to them uh, DHT from now on. These DHTs, there's a lot to them, but in a nutshell... They map the content ID to a peer addresses. Think of them as just public IP addresses and ports. So there are a bunch of servers that are located there. They are called DHT server and DHT client consumes DHT servers. And DHT servers have these beautiful tables that map this content ID lives in this peer. This content ID lives in this peer. This content ID lives in this peer. And this content ID is located in this IP address, this IP address, and this IP address, right? Very, very critical point. So now let's take an example. If I go to ipfs uh, uh, colon slash slash x, this is asking for CID x. What we're going to do, is we will query the DHT table to retrieve all peers that has that particular CID. And then we're going to connect to those peers and then uh, consume them. We're going to talk about that in the consumption side of it. But DHT server has hosts the DHTs, as we talked about, and DHT client is a client that can connect to a DHT server so it understands the IPFS protocol it knows how to connect to the DHT server so we, now we learned a little bit of a, some concept we know about the content ID we know about DHT server we know about DHT client and we know about the actual routing which is the DHT itself. how do I publish stuff I have content I have a beautiful JavaScript file that I want to publish content that you want to share on the IPFS is hashed into unique content id cid we talked about that you have a local DHT table and the moment you want to publish that you will update your local DHT table so that the cid you will add your new cid pointing to your ip address because now technically you are the only one that is hosting that content very important but you might say hussein what if i am behind net and i have a private ip address Nobody can access that stuff. We talked about that stuff in WebRTC. We have the same exact problem. NAT traversals, STUN, uh, TURN solves this problem for us. ICE candidates, all that stuff, right? So we have the same boat. So we're t- going to talk about that more in a minute. But let's assume this is a, it's a publicly accessible address and service, right? So you're the only one hosting that content. So now the DHT table, your local DHT table, have the map that says, hey, this particular content that you're about to publish points to your IP." Address. Look what happened here. The DHT table entry that you added will be updated and propagated to all the connected peers. Very important here. Just the DHT table, just the fact that this content lives in your machine is propagated, not the content itself. Very, 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 very important. That's why uh, I made it in caps. Sorry if if it seems like I'm yelling. I'm not. (laughs) Content is not propagated to peers. It is not. You are the only owner and uh, host of this content. Now, people searching for your content ID, if they have this URL, this hash, they can download that content from you by looking up in their DHT tables and then they connect to you and then they can download the content only then they will host the content right? Only if they actually download it explicitly Consuming Let's talk about consumption So IPFS client or DHT client for short want to consume IPFS CID, this content ID The IPFS client consults its local DHT table to see where this content is located gets back a collection of IP addresses and ports, as we, talk, we talked about, right? It could be that the local DHT table has nothing. I don't know. It didn't get updated for some reason. You were offline, right? If nothing came back, you'll start asking your peers that you're connected to, hey, do anybody know where this content is? And this is, this is the algorithm that goes on. But, but regardless, let's say you, we got the IP addresses and ports, the locations where the content resides. Once we have those, the clients connect to some or all the peers that came back of the query and start downloading the content. So, how do we download the content? How does the client download the content? We, we have let's say we have ten peers that host this content ID. The client downloads chunks of the content from each peer, so it speeds up the process. That's that's the beauty of a torrent, right? The torrent protocol, the peer to peer protocol, is you break up the chunks. Of the content into sp- specific chunks, each with a specific hash, and you say, hey, uh, peer number one, give me this chunk. Peer number two, give me this chunk. So you start uh, opening multiple connections to multiple peers and you start downloading this in parallel. So much powerful stuff here. So now we're going back into the actual peer to peer protocol. Nothing fancy here. I mean, it, it is it is fascinating. I love it. I love this protocol. But again, I don't want to minimize the power here. We got the power, baby. Once the client has the content, it also updates its local DHT table with the CID. If it supports being DHT server, here's a very important point. You can download the content, but you decide, hey, the, I don't want to host it. Uh, <laughs> in Torrent speak, you're a leecher, essentially, right? That's called leechers. You just download and then you just kill the seed once, <laughs> once, once you downloaded it, right? That's a very similar concept here. If you want to be a DHT server and Brave, the browser, also have this feature. Hey, you, you want to be a server to serve other people? Share. If not, then it's, it's not gonna update you, obviously. But here's a very very important part. Only when you actually download the content, you will up, you will become, you have a potential to become a host. New updated DHT is propagated across the peers, definitely, right? Right. Once you update and you became a server, DHT server, you can just uh, share this knowledge across all the public Guys, i know if it's boring slides i'm gonna to go to a beautiful some some uh, graphics in a minute there you go some graphics here's a configuration that i drew real little quick we have client a client b client c and all of them are peers that are connected to each other we have content id one let's say it's an indexed html page we have content number two an image content number three i don't know javascript file and here's the DHT table for each one, and they are in sync, right? Content ID uh, is located in AB. Content, uh, content ID 2 is located in AC. Content ID 3 is located on Node C, and so on. So now, client D just joined the network. They don't have any content, right? The first thing that they did is they will connect to its local peers. And you might say, Hussein, how do they know about C and A? Right? This process is called bootstrapping. I'm going to talk about it in a minute. Right, When you first install IPFS client, uh, the IPFS protocol gives you a few of your peers, like most known peers. And that's how you get into the network. You can get your own IPFS bootstrapping as well. So now you have the table. What do you do is like, hey, I want to connect to CID1. You have the URL. You want to consume CID1. You query your local thing. Okay, where is CID1? It's located in A, B. All right. If it's located in A, B, let me connect to A and B and start downloading content. All of a sudden, you have the content. CID1 is now. The next step is you you have, if you are supported to be a DHT server, you say, hey, let me update my DHT table. Now, I also, client D, I have CID1. And just like that, you have to inform your peers that all of you guys have this, this uh, uh, all the DHT table to update this stuff as well. And this algorithm is called Kadimilia. I don't know much about it. I'm gonna reference more articles uh, and um, the doc on the IPFS is pretty good if you want to dive deep into this algorithm. This is well-known stuff, a little bit over my head. So I'm gonna reference it. I'm, I don't want to go into details on this. Um, if you want to, I'm gonna reference it below. Kadimilia, all this stuff demo demo arigato gozaimas! all right so we're gonna install the ipfs command line we're gonna bring our node online we're gonna become an actual server and then we're gonna consume some content in ipfs network we're gonna publish a content in ipfs network and we're gonna use browser to browse ipfs content that we just published how about we jump into it all right guys I have created a folder here empty folder called ipfs because i'm going to put all my stuff right here so the first thing i'm going to do is install ipfs and the easiest way in mac is to do brew use brew i'm going to reference below the ways to uh, download it in, in linux or or uh, or windows it's it's very very similar right so i'm going to use brew to install ipfs all right ipfs downloaded and what ipfs does is it creates this repository but in order to do this repository with all this information where your id what is your peer id what is your public uh key address all that stuff you have to do ipfs in it. very important step by initializing this now you just created an initialization here and you can do now you can start reading from the network so it uh, apparently generated uh an elliptic curve uh, the elliptic curve uh, diffie-hellman key pair 25519 curve so let's go ahead and just cat this information and you guys just see that i am now connected to the network right this is uh, some information you can uh, get the quick start all that information all that there all right before we do it, let's bring um, my network online and you have to you can you can do this by Bring your node online, you do IPFS daemon. I think that's how you spell daemon. Yep. And just like that, you have a server that is listening. Now you are ready to rock and roll, right? All this stuff has been done. You have connected to peers, a bunch of peers. Now let's just open a brand new tab. And then let's ask the question, IPFS ID. Now you can have an, a unique ID. I have a unique ID identification right here. I have a public key i have all these addresses these are my peers right you can do ipfs uh, swarm peers to find all your peers look at all these beautiful peers all these beautiful peers (laughs) that i just connected to right but now this is not fun i want to connect to some content ipfs cat allows you to kind of catalog, kind of download view, essentially view. I don't know if it's called catalog. It just views the content, right? So I have an ID here of a cat. This is I got it from the moment of the doc. So the format is you do IPFS, and this is the content ID we talked about. And That's just a unique, uh, that's just the name of the file, right? And then it's like, hey, let's go ahead and download the cat.jpg. And if I do open cat.jpg, let's see the beautiful cat. Beautiful cat. <laughs> Let's go back. All right, so now we can consume content from using IPFS through the uh, terminal. How about we actually do something more fun? I'm going to create some index.html file here. And do, I don't know, HTML, add, add, uh, body, h1, hello, word sup so it's ipfs and then let just close it up close it up save right and here just like that i created a file i want to add it to my ipfs network very simple to do that you can do do just do ipfs add index.html and just like that you got a beautiful unique content id now if you do ipfs cat ipfs poof just like that you got it back all right now we just proved that we can add content and consume it how about we go to brave the browser and consume the same thing from brave brave as of the latest version you can now you can use the ipfs protocol in brave just type ipfs and then paste the content and all of a sudden look at that guys isn't that awesome you can now literally publish whole website and consume it just like that isn't that coolish guys coolish stuff all right that was a quick demo of ipfs let's go back to the slides and finish this course all right guys so let's talk about more information about the ipfs protocol itself all right so here's, here's some more information uh that i thought uh, i should mention immutable content content are immutable. so if i now change the content if i made a change to any of the indexed HTML that I changed, and I'm gonna generate a new content ID, and that content ID have to be reshared again so people can know the new URL, right? So content on IPFS is immutable. That means you cannot be really changed. you can only create new ones. So IPFS URLs also can change, so you have to reinform the users. One solution to this is to hash the public key of the user and instead. Instead. And share that right, and the public i p uh, the public key will be mapped to a name server so that you always go to the public key hash, and that public key hash will point to the content so now, if you want to change the content id you just publish a brand new content to that uh, to your public key hash, and then people will just keep consuming your public key hash instead right so that's one way and that's this is done by the i p n And that's the name server, right? So bootstrapping is another concept, guys, right? What if I'm a brand new client? How do I know anything about the network? I don't know anything. So that's when you essentially have one or more IP addresses that is bootstrapping you into the network that allow you to download some DHTs and then allow you to know of that, right? Uh, Some clients like the one I downloaded have some public IP addresses that help me bootstrap some of them some people that are like hey i don't trust anyone uh i i uh, i want my own public uh node right you can do that you can just spin up a uh, some aws node that is public and you can have that bootstrap into your clients you can do that as well that's the ipns uh, the ip interplanetary name server that we talked about content is immutable so you're going to generate new ipfs uh, urls all the time right um, so what do you do is like you hash the public key which doesn't cake your public key and users reference the hash of the public key right hash the public key points to the content and if you made an update you publish the new content to the IPNS or to, to your public IP uh, uh, public key essentially right in this case IPNS so if you think about it IPNS is mutable right it can be changed you can change the content of this and now you can follow this. This is this is one way to solving this problem. Deleting content. That's one question I ask. Like, how can I delete the content? Hey, I don't want people seeing this image that I published on IPFS. If you are the only node hosting that content, you can unpin that, and that will remove the entry from your local DHT, and as a result, it will gonna be removed from all DHTs that is available in the peers because hey, it's just gone, right? However, once Another node downloads that content. Sorry, you cannot remove that anymore. That's it, because someone downloads it, it's on someone else's machine. You cannot just remove it from that. It's no longer your content, unfortunately. So that's uh, something to watch for when you use IPFS. Once you publish something, it's gone. And there's, I can think of some bad actors. acting like a DHT servers that immediately download all content that are synced to them from the DHT entries. Like, hey, the moment I get an entry that, hey, there's a new content, I can fire a trigger to download this content so easily. And I'm bet, I bet everything that these nodes already exist, these, these hungry nodes, they, they want to download everything. And once, if they are there, I guarantee you that you can never delete any content. Nat traversals. Uh, I talked about that many times in, uh, in my channel, and especially in the WebRTC, I made a full slides talking about the Nat traversal techniques. Right. So about clients behind Nat that do not have public addresses, you cannot just connect to them. Right. They have like a 10.0.0.3. Right. Like me in this case. <laughs> well, there are many many ways to use. You can use stun. Right. We can use TURN, and uh, you can use stun as long as you are. Uh you can use an asymmetric net, like a, a full cone NAT. These kind of uh NAT traversal technique can work. If that doesn't, if that's all blocked, then you can use turn. And and I scan all that stuff really helps. Summary! So we talked about IPFS, the interplanetary file system. We talked about why it doesn't exist, decentralized the web. It's is it a web replacement? I think it still needs a little bit more work. But it's a candidate, all right. A very interesting protocol that I'm very interested about. There's uh, content. We talked about the content itself. We talked about the routing technique, publishing content, consuming the content. We we made a very quick demo to show you the IPFS techniques, guys. Uh, what do you think about the Interplanetary File System? Thank you so much. Subscribe for more deep dive engineering discussion. I talk about. Mostly back in engineering content protocols that are interest me like this one, and much much more software news all that jazz and subscribe hit that red red subscribe button hit that like button I'm gonna see you on the next one. you guys stay awesome goodbye.